0: Good day. Welcome again to our Bible study. I'm glad you can join us today. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. We're going to be continuing on in chapter 24. Today we'll be covering verses 17 through 25. And just sort of reviewing, going back the last couple of weeks, we see that Jesus is talking to His disciples on the Mount of Olives about the last days. And we said that verses 3 through 14... Is speaking he's speaking to his disciples about disciples in other words he's speaking to the church he's talking about the church age right and what he says about the church age he says the church will go through birth pains right we we're gonna go through heartaches and hardships so to speak he says right but we see also that in verses 15 he's no longer talking to the church He's talking to the Jewish people and to Israel itself, the nation of Israel, right? So we can see that verse 15, at the abomination of desolation, when that happens, right? When the Antichrist, this beast from this nation, that's what, that's what beast means. It's in charge of an empire. Empire is synonymous with, 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 uh, with nation and, and with beast. So when when this man comes into power, when this nation rules over the world, right? Because we had said there's going to be a coalition of Muslim countries coming together. And they're going to unite with seven other kings. So in other words, if you look at the book of Daniel, Daniel says there's going to be ten kings that rise up at the end. But those ten kings have, have been started by a coalition of Muslim countries. So we see that the whole world, right, is going to be against Israel. Because what's going to happen is these Muslims nations, they come together and they unite with the rest of the world and they're a powerhouse. And it seems like the, the, the nation of Israel is hopeless because they're coming against them and there's no sign for them to win. They can't. There's no way they're going to defeat this empire, this beast, so to speak, right? That The Muslim countries and the ten kingdoms. But out of nowhere, Daniel says, this little horn pops up, right? And he overtakes the ten kingdoms. He's talking about this beast, this nation, this empire that's of European descent. It rises up. And to the amazement of the whole world, he comes to the aid of the Jews, of Israel. He comes to their defense. And this nation, with the leader being this antichrist, defeats the ten kingdoms of the world. And he signs a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. And he funds the building of the third temple in Jerusalem. But at the halfway mark of that seven-year period, the abomination that causes desolation, we talked about that last week, where he goes into the Holy of Holies, not just the temple, but the most sacred part of the temple. He goes into the Holy of Holies and he declares himself Lord. He stops all sacrifice. He stops all prayer. And he wants an allegiance to him and his kingdom. Right? And he says, you worship me and only me. In other words, he's going to declare the mark of the beast. And that's when the nation of Israel is going to rebel. And they're going to realize that they were food, Right? And what Jesus said in verse 16 last week. He says, those that are left in Judea. In other words, those that are left in Jerusalem, he says, flee to the mountains when this happens. Right? Go. Don't stay in Jerusalem, but flee is what he says. And that's how we ended last week's lesson. Right? So if we go back and we look at what Jesus was telling his disciples, right, in in verses 3 through 14 when he's talking about the church, he says the church will go through birth pains. Right? Meaning... We're going to face deception in the world. And we know that deception is going to come from inside the church. But also we're going to face diseases, in plural, pestilence, in plural, wars, in plural. And when wars are going on, not just two countries against each other, but many nations against each other. When that's going on, you're going to hear rumors of more wars that's fixing to start, right? But he said, this, that's not the end yet, he says, Jesus says. Right? Because what's going to happen? Believers will be persecuted. But he says, if you endure to the end, right, then you have victory. In other words, endure means this, trusting God. Despite what the world's coming and throws against you. Despite what, what Satan throws at you. Because God allows this to happen. Why? For the nation of Israel could turn back and trust God and believe that Jesus is the Messiah and know that Jesus is the Messiah. So he's going to put them through a tribulation period. But the church doesn't go through the wrath of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 We are not appointed to wrath, but what? Salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says. So the church is raptured up before the wrath of God hits. But we will go through the birth pain. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said when the the gospel is preached throughout the world, when all the nations hear, now nations can mean country, it can mean kingdom, but it also can mean ethnic group. So Jesus says when all of the world, the nations, hear the gospel, they have an opportunity to come to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. He says when that day happens, when, when it's preached throughout the whole world, and we know it's happening today. The gospel message is being preached through nations throughout the world. But Jesus says, when everybody has an opportunity to hear the good news, the gospel, then, He says, the end is here. And what end is He speaking about? He's speaking about the church age. The end of the church age. And how is the church age end? With the rapture of the church. With our blessed hope. With the apostle Paul. Speaks about to the Thessalonian church. Right? And in Jesus. We see that the abomination of desolation happens. And he says when this happens. And he's speaking to the people in Jerusalem. He is no longer speaking to the church. He says flee to the mountains. So that's where we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up in verse 17 with today's lesson. And verse 17 through 25 says this, Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their garment. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation some of your bibles might say great distress unequal from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again if those days had not been cut short no one would survive but for the sake of the elect those days will be short at that time if anyone says to you look here is the messiah or there he is do not believe it false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect see I have told you ahead of time so let's go back and look at verse 17 verse 17 Jesus says this after he tells The people in Judea, in Jerusalem. He's speaking to the Jews. He's speaking to the nation of Israel. That is who's directing this message to right here. Remember, the church is gone. The church is raptured up, right? Because what's going to happen is a lot of scholars believe right at the abomination of desolation, either right before or right after the rapture of the church happens. Some scholars believe that it happens before, right at the beginning, somewhere at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period, right? Now, there's other people that believe it happens at the end of the second coming, although that's the kind of the bungee cord theory is what I call, right? Scripture, according to Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, right? According to to Daniel, according to the book of Revelation, all points to the rapture of the church happening before the wrath of God. And I'm going to quote once again 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, right? Because we're not appointed to wrath. That's what the Apostle Paul says. But we're appointed to what? Salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it says, right? So so Jesus right here is speaking directly to the Jewish people and speaking to the nation of Israel. In verse 15 on down. So look at verse 17. Remember in verse 16 he says, Flee to the mountains. Go. Because something terrible is happening. Then he says this. In verse 17, let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Now, housetop or rooftop, some of your Bibles might say, this is a place of leisure, right? And if you know the Jewish culture, right? The top of their homes, a lot of Jewish homes, the top of it have decks. Most people have decks, right? Where they sit, they relax, they rest, they visit. So we see that it's a time of relaxation, right? Let's go back to the Old Testament and King David. Because a lot of us know the story of King David, right? King David, when he first saw Bathsheba, where he was? Where was he? He was on top of his rooftop, right? Because that was the open deck, right? And he looked out over, and he can see the whole city, and what he saw? He saw this beautiful woman, Bathsheba, right? And what was she doing? She was bathing, where? On the rooftop, right? So so we see that this rooftop rooftop is a place of of, of leisure, so to speak, of pleasure, right? A a place of relaxation. So what Jesus is saying here, He says, if, if when the abomination of desolation happens, again, He's talking to the Jewish people and to the nation of Israel. He says, don't go back inside to get anything. Just flee. Just run. Go to the mountains, He said. And look at verse 18. He continues on with that. He says, let no one in the field go back to get their garments. Right? In other words, field means work. So what he's saying is, if you're at work and the abomination of desolation happens, or if you're on the rooftop, right, and you're relaxing, you're visiting, and the abomination of desolation happens, where the Antichrist goes into the Holy of Holies, declares himself Lord, right? He says, flee. Don't go back and take, get your clothes or get clothes or get things that you think is a necessity. He said, because all that stuff is not going to help you, right? He just says, flee, leave, don't stay in Judea, don't stay in Jerusalem. He says it this in verse 19, how dreadful, he says, it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers, right? Now, obviously... One who is pregnant or nursing here, he's speaking about females. He's speaking about women, right? Now remember, when there's an emphasis on women in the Bible, right? This is important. It brings to the text a change in context, so to speak, right? And that change right here is speaking about redemption. So what he's saying, he's telling us, is this next generation, because he's speaking about pregnant women, nursing mothers, right? And, And the word generation just a little side note is related to redemption also in scripture right so so what he's saying here we see that these the he's speaking of pregnant women and nursing mothers what he's saying is this journey will be very very difficult in other words he's saying this redemption will come with great distress great hardship and is going to come upon that next generation right So what he's saying here is this change is going to take place. It's not going to be easy for the next generation, right? It's going to be hard for children. It's going to be hard for young people. It's going to be hard for newborns. So he is saying this change will not be an easy one for that generation. So remember, he's saying, don't go back to your house. Don't go inside to get anything, right? Just flee to the mountains, right? He's saying all this to encourage the Jews to just leave, to just flee, because something very, very terrible is about to happen, right? And what is that, you say? Well, it's just like the prophet Jeremiah spoke about, right? He's saying there's going to be a time for trouble for Jacob. Now, who is Jacob, you say? Jacob is the nation of Israel. So what Jesus is saying here, in Jeremiah is saying, he's saying, don't stay, but flee. Go to the mountains. Because Jesus is saying, all the physical things that you think you need, none of that's going to help you. Just flee, get away from Jerusalem. Verse 20. Jesus goes on to say this, pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. Now, you got to understand here the culture again with Israel, right? In Israel, in the wintertime, right? It's a rainy season. So, the weather and the conditions are very, very bad, right? In other words, it's not a time to travel because it's not going to be easy, right? The weather's horrible, the conditions are horrible, and it makes traveling real, real difficult. But why does he say to Sabbath, right because you got to remember the Jewish people are very religious people right they're going to do exactly what the law and the elders of the law say that's what they're going to do so we know on the Sabbath is a day of rest for the Jewish people they do nothing on the Sabbath including travel so what Jesus is saying here is to these women these people that's going to flee says you better pray That when you flee, when you're flight, that when all this happens, the abomination of desolation, you better pray it's not in the wintertime. Because the conditions are going to be horrible to flee. And also, he says, you better pray that it's not on the Sabbath. Right? Because what's going to happen on the Sabbath? You're going to be stuck right there in Jerusalem. You're going to be stuck in Israel, he's saying. Right? So pray that none of this happens in the wintertime and none of this happens on... The Sabbath, verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation. Some of your Bibles might say distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. So look at that first text. Let's break that down. For then there will be great distress or great tribulation, he says, right? Now we know that there's a difference between tribulation and great tribulation, right? Tribulation, right, we said last week, that's speaking to believers, so to speak, right? In other words, we're going to go through birth pains, right? Why, you say, because we're believers in Jesus, right? Jesus is testing our faith, right? But the great tribulation, right? He's speaking to the Jewish people. He's speaking to the nation of Israel, right? In other words, in the first half of Daniel's 70th week, right? Daniel says, and it shows with scripture, that believers will not go through that great tribulation period, right? Great tribulation. But it's after the abomination of desolation, or right before the abomination, abomination of desolation, of that 70th week, right? That the church is raptured up, and what is left? The wrath of God is to take place, right? Why? Because it's a trouble for Jacob. Again, who is Jacob? Jacob is speaking to the nation of Israel. But Jesus goes on to say this in that rest of that text, in that scripture. He says, all this times is going to be unequaled from the beginning of the world until now with this great distress, this great tribulation, right? This means it's going to be the worst time ever in the history of mankind. That's what Jesus is saying, right? And we know from the prophet that two-thirds of the Jewish population during the wrath of God will take place. They will be put to death during this time when the wrath of God takes place, right? So we can say that tribulation means those suffering in the faith of Jesus Christ, but the great tribulation or great tribulation speaking about the nation of Israel and Jacob's trouble, Right? In other words, this is speaking to the nation of Israel, saying that you will go through the wrath of God, right? If you're an unbeliever, if you don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He says in all this, right, this trouble that the whole world is going to go through, it's the worst in mankind, right? Worse than the Holocaust, right? And we know how bad those of us that, 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 you know, studied history and, and read about the Holocaust and World War II, how bad World War II was towards Jews, right? What the Nazis did to the Jewish people, what Adolf Hitler did, right? But Jesus saying it's not even going to be equaled again. What's to come? In other words, the pain and suffering and the death that these Jewish people, the nation of Israel, will go through, it's worse ever in the history of mankind. Verse 22. If those days have not been cut short, Jesus said, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Now the elect, the Apostle Paul, when he speaks to the different churches, he uses that word elect, right? That's mean the Apostle Paul is speaking referring to believers, the church age. But this is not the Apostle Paul speaking here. This is Yeshua, Jesus Christ. The Messiah, right? He's speaking, the elect, when Jesus speaks, he's speaking to the nation of Israel, right? In other words, those Jewish people of descent, because by their birth, right, they come from the lineage of Jacob, they will go through Jacob's trouble. Now, God will be faithful, right? And He will bring a redemption, right? out of that remnant of people because remember when this happens when the abomination of desolation happens and the antichrist goes into the holy of holies there's going to be one third of the Jewish population that's going to flee they're going to leave Judea they're going to flee to the wilderness which I think they're going to go to Petra which is your modern day Jordan right I've said that before right there's going to be that remnant that Jesus that God our father is going to save and they're going to come to faith in Messiah, in Jesus, right? But two-thirds of the Jewish population, what they are going to do? They're going to stay in Jerusalem, right? And those are the two-thirds that's going to be put to death. Why? Because they're going to rebel. They're not going to take the mark of the beast, so to speak. They're going to know that they've been fooled, right? And they're either going to die because they refuse to take the mark of the beast. Or they're going to die because what? They, of starvation. They're going to be put to death or they're going to die of starvation. Is what it's going to be. Because if you don't take the mark of the beast, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, you can't buy or you can't sell, right? But that's one-third what's going to happen. They're going to flee. And when they flee, in those three and a half years, they're going to repent and they're going to cry out. And they're going to realize that they had been deceived. They're going to realize that they were wrong. And they're going to start crying out. And they're going to start quoting Psalm 118. And say, Blessed, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? And they're going to be waiting for Jesus' return to come and save them from the enemy nations. From this Antichrist. From this empire, this beast that's ruling over the world. And when they call out and they cry out, Jesus, right? That's when God the Father is going to look at His Son Jesus and say, it's time to go back. It's time to go bring peace. It's time to set up the eternal kingdom of God. And He sets that up. How? When His foot hits the Mount of Olives. He speaks one word. He gets rid of all the evil, right? A valley is formed. And we know that valley is going to usher in the millennial kingdom, that thousand-year reign where Jesus and the church, us, the saints, right? All the New Testament saints and believers, we're going to rule in the millennial kingdom with Jesus because we have the body of Jesus for a thousand year reign. But Jesus is saying here in this scripture right here, He's saying, if those days have not been cut short, now I want you to understand, what is He talking about here? Cut short. Remember, if we go back and we study this, those of you that have been with the Bible study for, for, since the beginning, we study the book of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 10, we see that there's a passage, right? Joshua chapter 10, verses 11 through 13 or 14, I believe it is. There's a passage where God made the sun stand still. In other words, what happens when the sun stands still, right? In other words, the day or the time stands still. So we can say that that day is really longer. Although not by time, but in the natural. Why? Because God stopped everything. God prolonged that day. And you might ask, why did God do that? So Joshua can defeat, at that time, the enemies of Israel. So Joshua can destroy them because... They want to happen at night. You can't see at night. So God gave them daylight. God prolonged that day. Why? So the enemies can be defeated. Now we see just the opposite, right? We see right here that the days will be shortened. See, He will shorten the time. He will shorten the days supernaturally, right? In order to save His people, in order to save that remnant that flee, that fled to the wilderness, that fled, right, to the mountains. See, our God is a faithful God. Our God is a God that is a keeper of His covenant. Amen? Verse 23. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there is the Messiah, he says, do not believe it. So why does he say this, right? Because this is all leading up to the second coming of Jesus, right? And the second coming of Jesus, as we study in the book of Matthew, when we get to the second coming of Jesus, which is in another week or two, we're going to see that the second coming of Jesus is a very, very dramatic event, right? In other words, it's not going to be limited to one location. It's not going to be dependent upon a particular people or a particular person or a particular place, right? In other words, if you are part of the nation of Israel, if you are a non-believer, you don't have to be just in one location. You don't have to be at some particular place, right? Because when, when Jesus comes for the second coming, right, everybody, the whole world is going to know that the judgment of God is coming upon this earth, right? When the second coming happens, right, And Jesus comes back to get rid of evil, to destroy the evil of the world, to set up that millennial kingdom. We're going to see that it's going to be a very, very dramatic event. So what Jesus is saying here is that there's going to be people, right? The last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, that's what Jesus is saying here, that's going to claim they're the Messiah. Or they're going to have people that say, Go here, because the Messiah has come. But Jesus says, Do not believe it, because it's false. It's false teachers. It's false messiahs. It's false prophets. Everything about it is false. In other words, when the second coming happens, when Jesus comes, you're going to know that Jesus is coming. What To do what? To destroy evilness and wickedness in the world. To redeem the nation of Israel. The remnant. That come to faith. That believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Right? And to usher in the millennial kingdom. Eventually the eternal kingdom of God. Verse 24. Look what Jesus says. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear. And they're going to perform great signs and wonders. To deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now... The enemy uses anything and everything for his purpose, right? And when the Jewish people, right, they're thinking about Jesus, they're thinking about their Messiah, right? The enemy's going to begin as he always does, right? To speak lies, to speak falsehood, to to speak and do deception, right? So we see here in this verse that false prophets and false messiahs will rise up. Why? Because they're controlled by the devil. They're controlled by the Antichrist, by the false prophet who's eventually controlled by Satan himself, right? And he will use this time of desperation, right? He will use this time of fear placed upon the Jewish people because of what's happening in the world at this time. He will use it to lead people by using deception, right? False prophets and false messiahs will appear, he says, and perform great signs, wonders to deceive. Now, let's go back to verse 5 in this chapter of Matthew 24. We see in verse 5 that Jesus is speaking to His disciples, right? He's speaking to the church age. And He tells His disciples... Be on alert because many people will come in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Messiah, preaching. Which at first you think is good. Because they come in to talk about the truth of God, the word of God, the gospel. But Jesus says they're false teachers. So we see in verse 5 that he's speaking to the church. Speaking to disciples, about disciples, about the church age. In other words, that in the church age that we're in right now, that there's going to be deception happening within the church, right? And we know that that's happening. We see that today, right? Because not every church and not every pastor preaches the truth of God, preaches the Word of God. They pervert the Word of God. Some pastors do and some churches do, right? But what we see here, he's not speaking about the church age because the church age has already been raptured up. He's speaking right here to the nation of Israel. He's speaking right here to the Jewish people. And what he's saying here is there's people that's actually going to show up and say that I am the Messiah, right? And they're going to have great power because through Satan, remember, Satan is powerful, not as powerful as God, but he's powerful. And Satan is going to to give them that power to deceive people, right? In other words, to do signs and wonders and miracles, right? and now remember who's left the church age is gone the church is gone so who's left the nation of Israel and unbelievers in the world right so there's going to be tons of evilness tons of wickedness going on there's going to be a lot of deception going on and Jesus says right here there's there's false prophets there's false messiahs that's going to appear that's going to do great signs great wonders why? to deceive people right? Now, all this right here, all of this is leading up to what is leading up to Jesus' return at the end of the seven-year tribulation, right? Now, let's go back, and we studied in the book of Revelation. Let's go back to chapter 13, right? And we see that during Revelation 13, we see that the Antichrist rules at this time, right? During this time, he wants everyone to take what the Bible calls the mark of the beast, right? And what the mark of the beast is simply, it's a statement that declares absolute loyalty towards him and his empire, right? You see, the mark of the beast is going to be something, a statement that you show absolute 100% commitment to, loyalty to this Antichrist, to this ruler, to this king, right? President, whatever you want to call him. And the nation that he rules with. Now, you might ask, how does one take the mark of the beast, right? It's not going to be by confusion. It's not going to be by deception, right? You see, the Antichrist is all about counterfeit. Right. in other words he's going to do what Jesus does what God has he, he's going to the, the seed that to be right. And, and and we know this from studying Deuteronomy chapter 6 Deuteronomy chapter 11 the book of Exodus chapter 13 Right. we study something in there called phylacteries, tefillins so the Jewish people wear there's little boxes right, that contain scriptures and they wear that where? on their forehead and their forearm right? Well, this is the same place that this Antichrist, this this ruler of this empire, this beast. That's where the mark of the beast is going to go, right? Now, here's what we need to see. When this happens, people are going to be challenged. In other words, who are you going to follow? Who are you going to commit to? Who are you going to submit to, right? Are you going to think according to the Word of God, according to God, according to Jesus, right? You're going to behave according to the Word of God? You're going to pledge your allegiance toward God, your loyalty towards God, towards the kingdom of God? Or are you going to pledge your allegiance to the Antichrist and take this mark of the beast, right? There's not going to be a deception in there. There's not going to be confusion. You're going to know that this is the mark of the beast. The people that's alive during this time that's left behind after the rapture of the church. They're going to know that this is the mark of the beast. It will be very clear that it's the mark of the beast. You have to be a 100% committed to this evil empire. That's what the Antichrist is going to say. Because if not, if you refuse the mark, then you can be put to death. Might even be beaten. Right? probably going to be put to death more than likely. So you're going to have a choice to make these people, right? What side of the fence are you going to play? Are you going to be true to God? Or are you going to be true to the Antichrist? you Are going to be true to Satan, right? Now obviously a follower of Jesus would never, ever commit to the Antichrist. Would never do that, right? And why am I saying all this? Because of COVID-19 deception, right? When COVID-19 hit, there was a lot of people that are saying, oh, this is the mark of the beast. Well, it's not the mark of the beast because, first off, we're not, we're not in the seven-year tribulation period, right? The Antichrist hasn't been revealed. We didn't know who the Antichrist is, right? And we're still in the, birth. We're in the very early stages of the birth pains that Jesus talked about in verses 3 through 14 in Matthew 24, right? But the deception, right? That, that, that people were, were confused about is is it the mark? Is it not the mark? And, and Right? There's not going to be no deception when this happens at the seven-year tribulation period, the three and a half-year mark. It's not going to be wondering if this is it. You're going to know it's it. You're going to have to make a choice, right? See, there's a lot of deception going on in the world today. Right? And and, and as as we go each day, right, through our daily life, we work hard, most of us, right? We try to provide for our families. We try to make a good living, right? There's a lot of things happening behind the scenes that we are unaware of, right? You might put on the news media and you might watch the news and most of that's fake. Most of that is just propaganda. spirit up because they're going to tell you what they want you to hear and they're going to tell you their narrative of the story. But one story you're not hearing of at all is the stuff going on with the World Health Organization, right? And what this administration wants to do, and that's happening right now as we speak, right? In other words, this administration, what they want to do is they want to give all authority to the World Health Organization when it comes to pandemics, right? In other words, they can shut down the entire world if they think an outbreak, of a disease, a pestilence, or whatever it is, they control. They control it all. If, if they want to lock you down, they can lock you down. There's nothing you can do. That's fixing to go to Congress for a vote, and that's fixing to pass, where it's going to give the world Health organization, right? Just power, right? So, so we see that there's a lot of evilness that's taking place now. There's a lot of deception that's going on right now, right? Why am I saying that, deception? Because you have a lot of events going on in the world. And they take your attention and they focus it on this event. Because they want you to look here so you won't look to your left. Look to the right but not to the left, in other words. Or look to the left and not to the right. Because we want your attention here while we do this on this side here. They're corrupt, right? They're deceiving people. But it's going to continue to get worse as the days go on. Especially... After the church is removed from this earth, and who is left? Evilness and just wickedness, right? And the nation of Israel, right? So so we see here that you have to have, you're gonna, these people that are alive at that time are gonna have to make a choice. What is your allegiance? What side are you on? Because there's gonna be many false prophets appear. They're going to perform great signs and wonders. The Antichrist is going to want you to take the mark of the beast. Right? And you're going to have a choice. You're going to have to choose which one are you going to do. Look what Jesus says in verse 25. See, I have told you ahead of time. Now the word see here, it grabs your attention, right? Jesus wants us to see something here, right? In other words, He's saying, I've warned you. You you can't be deceived because if you know My Word and you know Me, right, then you should not be deceived. I've told you ahead of time. I've told you, you have plenty of time to know that this is coming. In other words, He's saying, I warned you before, I'm warning you right now, And this is going to extend also into the future, right? So God is telling us here, right? That we can't be deceived. That's why it's important that you understand Scripture. It's important that you get in a good Bible-based church or a good Bible-based study that teaches the truth of God, that teaches the Word of God, that that the Holy Spirit will will enter into your body, right? And allow you not to be deceived deceived you got to allow the holy spirit to rule over your life because jesus says see i have told you ahead of time jesus gives us a warning not to be deceived so we're going to end our lesson here today we'll be back next week continuing on in the gospel of matthew chapter 24 we appreciate you all listening tuning in Y'all have a blessed and wonderful week. We love you guys. God bless. Amen.